Why are you obsessing over your elevator pitch, or that opening paragraph on your LinkedIn or resume? I have a hypothesis for why. Here's why. You are a multifaceted being, and you're not sure how to get people to see that multifaceted identity of you right away. Welcome to the Everyday Talent Podcast, your go-to podcast for creatives who are looking for new ways of thinking about their career, life, and practice. I'm your host Betty. I'm a creative and a coach for creatives. In my one-on-one coaching program, I help creators to excel in their career, make their art, and make happier money by being exactly who they are. Hello, everyone. How's everyone's summer going? So I recently went away for a little mini vacation and felt so recharged. Personally, I just love going to places that are nearby waters. It always calms me and gives me a feeling that, like, I can feel the waves' energy, which for me is very close to like a creative energy rhythm, comes and go, and I just love listening to the water. And like coming back from this trip, I also just feel so grateful for my clients and to all of you who are listening. I mean, this is the episode ten of the podcast. Just unbelievable. I feel like we're just getting started, and that's a good feeling to have for a creative project like this. So, if you like what you've heard so far, and you use Apple Podcasts, I just invite you to give us a five star rating and leave a review. I really appreciate you, and that goes a long way in supporting this podcast. To be heard by more creators and people in general. So, you are here today because you want to hear about why I'm asking you to ditch your elevator pitch. Oh, yes, I am. Did that freak your brain out a little bit when you see the title of this podcast? I can already hear that voice in you that says, "Oh, Betty, but an elevator pitch is so useful. How else would people get to know me?" I get it. I hear that voice. I've heard that voice in my own head. So to ease us into it, why don't I tell you a little fun story about myself? As some of you know, I did a master program in design thinking. What is design thinking? Good question. Some days I ask myself that too. It's a discipline that really stems from design. And designers realized how awesome their process of structure thinking is, and then came up with frameworks for people to apply their way of thinking to solving other problems. And so, design thinking is not just used for designing a poster or designing a piece of furniture, which traditionally we know as industrial design, but we can really apply that generally to. Design solutions for complex business and social problems. If you still go, huh? I don't blame you. It's a bit confusing. So, for a confusing and relatively new discipline like this, I think the pros at my master program had a very hard time to be succinct with the program title. I think they just like kind of like. Go, 
okay, how do I put all the words that describe all that we do and all of our specialties in one sentence? They got an idea. Master of design, comma, strategic foresight and innovation. Yes, I'm not joking. That is the full name of my master's degree. I don't have an MBA. I have a MDS in strategic foresight innovation. As you can imagine, all my classmates and I were kind of like in a long haul of freaking out for two and a half years when we we're in the program. How the heck are we going to introduce ourselves when we graduate from this program and go into the world? Like imagine those MBA kids could impress their distance family at the annual family dinner and say, oh, I just graduated from my MBA. I would be that kid that says, I just graduated. Um, let me explain and give you a course on design thinking before, before I tell you what my master's degree is about. It's not glamorous, okay? Even though I love my master's degree. So for two and a half years, one of the things that came up for me and my classmates was, you know, really trying to ask our teachers to enlighten us. How can we come up with an elevator pitch to introduce ourselves in a succinct and clear way? And guess what? The ending of this story, after we graduated, none of those thinking matter. For those people who knew the discipline of design thinking, our program is one of the most well-known programs in the field. So those people already immediately knew our degree and some of my classmates got new jobs that way. For those who didn't know that discipline, it also didn't hinder these people to appreciate the new skills that me and my classmates gained. Because now we just show up at work and in professional conversations with very different energy and very different tools and very different ways of looking at problems and solving problems. So if someone is designing a new service or program at their organization and they come to me to ask for feedback, I would literally not be able to turn off all the things that I learned in my master. And for example, I would definitely ask them to empathize with the user, get feedback, iterate a solution, all the thinking or good stuff about the discipline that I learned in my master program. And so because of our master program, we literally became some of the upgraded versions of ourselves. And that's not something, even though we can't be translated into one word, but we also don't have to. So this as I tell this story, I can hear that voice coming from your head again. Hey, Betty, but that's BS. You still need to write a resume. I still need to build a website. And we all still some days need to like put an artist statement on a grant application or go to a networking event and meet some people that I really need to impress, right? You can't just say that you don't need to introduce yourself or ditch your elevator pitch. Yes, yes, I hear you. But if you ask your gut and be honest to the, like, to deep down where you are at, ask this question and you know what I mean. When's the last time 
yourself found yourself pitching to another person in an elevator ride, and a job or a project actually depending on that elevator ride pitch. It probably never happened. The occasion to which we are solely relying on a paragraph to land an opportunity does not exist. It does not exist when you apply for a job. You have so many space than just an elevator pitch or a succinct intro paragraph. Your resume, your cover letter, your interview, your body of work. Same as when you apply for an artist grant, the whole grant itself, every single paragraph. Matters not just the top intro sentence about yourself. The only exception I can think of this is that a super short or succinct pitch actually being very very helpful is when you're actually in some kind of pitch competition. But that's so rare, so exception in one's course of like um career. And for some of you, you never encounter that. And I say this as someone who actually went through pitch competitions myself. That occasion is like completely different kind of like training, and different kind of situation and context. So here I ask the question again: Why are you obsessing over your elevator pitch, or that opening paragraph, or your linking or resume? I have a hypothesis for why. Here's why. You are a multifaceted being, and you're not sure how to get people to see that multifaceted identity of you right away. And the longer they don't see how the different nuances, different facets of you, the more that you get insecure inside. Am I not that multifaceted person? This applies to whether or not you have multiple things going on in your creative career, or if you just have multiple projects or multiple dimensions of the one focus practice that you want people to know about you. So, for example, this applies to people who do a couple very different things, like myself, coaching, fundraising, filmmaking, or for instance, if you are a visual artist, you might do. Uh, artist workshops or research for artists, and at the same time, you also have a visual practice yourself. In both of those cases, you are multifaceted, and the key issue, let me repeat, are twofold. One, you want people to understand your complexity right away. Second. You're worried that if people don't make that connection between all the things that you do, or if they don't care, or if they show that they don't care, you're worried that reaction will get to you, get to the inside of you, and make you question your own complexity. The key is actually solving that second question, a second issue, before we can solve one. As you will see. If we address that second issue, the first problem will naturally fade away. So, let's address that issue, shall we? For the second issue, it's not even an issue really about other people who are in the conversation with you. 
is an issue of whether or not you are deeply embracing your own complexity in all of its nuances. When we are not truly comfortable with the parts of our professional identity, but we really want to work it into our opening line of introducing ourselves to people, what we are actually doing is asking for validation from those other people to prove that, oh yeah, we are that person. If that's the case, that means we are actually craving for this response from people visiting our linking website or meet us for the first time to say this. Oh my God, that's brilliant. You do so much. Tell me about exactly every little thing that you do. Hmm. I want this to really sink in. And let's actually pause here for a second. Savor every bit of that desired response that I just said it out loud, but it's always been hidden in your subconscious. Once you savor it, I want you to get to realize, hmm, that is literally just a response that feels good in the moment, but in the long term, it doesn't really do anything to help you if you yourself is not sure about that new cool things that you do, that new creative project that you started, or that identity about yourself that you've always feel kind of like not sure, not confident about. Again, let me give you a real example. When I started out as a filmmaker, because I wasn't trained or classically trained, you can say, meaning I didn't go to school for filmmaking. For a couple of years, I felt insecure that I also wasn't doing filmmaking full time. And so I wasn't sure whether I could call myself a filmmaker in the public. So when I meet people, and often because I was already working in a film festival, I would introduce myself to film industry people like this. So I work at a film festival and I also make films outside work. Later, I realized what I want people to respond in that moment is really asking me, oh my God, you're a filmmaker? Tell me, what films do you make? It's as if, if they don't say that and they don't ask more about my filmmaking, it, I won't talk about it and I won't have the confidence to claim my identity as a filmmaker. Now imagine the alternative scenario where I just show up with my identity as a filmmaker, no matter what the response of the other person says. I work at a film festival and I'm also a filmmaker. Matter of fact, notice the energy change. I'm saying I'm this and there's nothing that you could say in response that would enhance my identity or take away from it. And exactly what I do these days, even with the multiple different hats that I wear, is how I answer it in this way. Hey Betty, what do you do? I'm a filmmaker, a fundraising consultant, and a coach for creators. Huh. When the huh, which implies a little sense of like confusion or pondering, it really doesn't matter. That her notice stays with that person. 
because there's nothing that I need from them to build my certainty about my multifacetedness. In fact, if I catch myself needing that validation from the other person, then I know that's probably a good moment that I need to go home to do some inner work and clarify where what is it that is giving me hiccups about introducing myself without explaining. You know what I mean? So at this point, I still hear a question from that voice in your head that says, "Wait, Betty, but sometimes I do need something from that other person. Remember, I need to impress that person so that they might collaborate with me. I might need to introduce myself at a job interview. I also need to attract potential clients via my social media or website." Okay. Brings us back to that point earlier when we said if we solve number two problem, we'll solve the first problem. Remember what the first problem is: you want people to understand your multifacetedness right away. The key word here is right away, and not only you want them to understand you right away, you want them to potentially work with you. Are you ready for the answer for how do they solve this issue? It's so simple that it might shock you. Here's the answer: Don't be a movie that overexplains. You know exactly which type of movie I'm talking about. It's like everything that they try to say, every plot twist, every like little thing that might be a little bit more nuanced in the movie. They have to have like character in the film to verbally explain it to you, not just once, not just twice, but maybe three times. And then by the like twenty minute into the movie, you go, "Is this film like? Does this film think that I'm stupid? I understand already. Move on. Be more interesting. You know exactly which kind of film I'm talking about." If you're certain about your multifaceted identity. You will unfold your identity and your story in a well, like a well-paced movie, that every single plot point adds to the previous point and reinforces the previous point, but also adds twists and adds beauty and adds nuance to it. What does that look like? It looks like a simple, straightforward intro paragraph on your LinkedIn or website that doesn't over-explain. And doesn't get jam-packed with buzzwords that have no meaning, and has and that website or linking has other content to unfold all that you do and reinforce and add to your intro. It looks like someone being able to introduce themselves with ease at an interview, and then every question they answer, they are honest and authentic about themselves, and that all the answer is a package to reinforce the impression that they're building. And it looks like that in a networking conversation or just a conversation at an event, that after you introduce yourself in one or two sentences, you stop and don't get anxious about the elevator pitch, and don't get anxious about adding details or playing for the other person to say, "Oh, you're so interesting," but actually be a listener, be a conversationalist with the other person. Naturally, that's what it looks like. 
a well-paced, interesting movie. A movie that's naturally you. This goes back to my original point of you don't need a fancy elevator pitch, because just have a conversation. Whether it's on your social website or in a real life conversation, instead of going in and think I need to pitch myself, go in and say have a real dialogue. Everything that you say is you. Everything that you say reveal a little bit about you, and. No one paragraph in the world will need to totally represent you, and then you somehow like box in all the details about that in one paragraph. And it's as if you don't need to, or you don't, you're not allowed to add any details about it. I guarantee you, people are smarter than what we give them credit for. And they understand what you do, but you find that most collaborators and potential clients or employers or not, if they want to work with you, they are not actually going to inquire the ten thousand things that you do all at once. They're not going to be the person that give you that response that your brain desires and say, "Oh my God, you're so multifaceted. Tell me about every single detail." If they want to work with you, ironically, they will inquire that very specific thing that they heard about or saw on your material that they actually need. Goes like this: I'm a fun filmmaker, fundraising consultant, and coach for creatives. Great, my organization is looking for a fundraising help. Can we book a call? Awesome. Am I going to ask that person? Wait, did you not hear all the other cool things I do? Wink, wink. They heard. They just don't care at that specific moment. They might down the road, and it's not because they're stupid or you did a terrible pitch. It's because they care about that unique connection that what you said connected to what they exactly needed at the time. And I'm going to celebrate that specific response rather than letting that response be a negative evidence of how well my pitch is working or not working. What do you think? For those of you who are like me and who believe in energy, and the energy of how we show up, when you show up with the energy of "I am me," and I love my multifacetedness. And I have demands for my work and my offer. That is a fundamentally different shift from saying, "Hey, I'm here. I'm just doing a couple of things, and I want to pitch you. But I don't want to pitch you right out. I just want to like you to see me." Think about if you're looking for a collaborator or for someone to hire. Which energy will you gravitate towards? So, if you're still fussing about that intro paragraph on your website or LinkedIn, or writing and rewriting a thousand times that first few lines in how you introduce yourself at a networking event or an interview, don't be. You already know who you are and what you do. You know where you've been and what intrigues you. And even if you don't. Put something up anyway, be, and be honest. Just be honest that your answers are imperfect. 
because chances are that a perfect intro or non-perfect intro is not going to make a huge difference. That's the real truth. What matters is the energy you show up with it and how you conduct yourself. Have a dialogue rather than be that insecure person who needs to have a prepared paragraph to introduce yourself. And if you do not have the clarity of your multifacetedness and you, you detect that insecurity, that is okay. Just be honest that the problem doesn't lie in the words that you put on your website or the words that you say out at an event. Because if you focus time and energy on that, you're actually focusing on the wrong problem instead of spending effective time to look inside yourself and do a little bit of like terrifying work on who you are and what is said about that part of your identity that you still feel uncertain about and what's actually holding you back other than that couple sentences that you're putting out to the world. Be a complex movie that unfolds with beautiful cadence. Don't over-explain every plot twist. I'm super curious when you make that shift, what will happen? Please come tell me and connect with me on Instagram or LinkedIn. I also am in the process of starting an e-newsletter called Gentle Signals, where I will share regular reflection and deep thinking on creative process. I will include a link in the show notes if you would like to have more content um, and see my writing. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening today. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you like today's episode, I invite you to subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you're listening. As well, please leave us a review or comment. We greatly appreciate it. If you're looking to grow your creative career, practice, or business, I invite you to apply for my one-on-one coaching program today. This is a four-month, high-touch, highly personalized program. I've helped photographers, designers, artists, filmmakers, arts means, and other creators. I've helped you to gain the clarity you need to do the work you love. You're already so creative. Let's create even more beautiful possibilities together. Thank you so much and see you next time.